Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Be Here for a While. Today's episode of Be Here for a While is brought to you by Native Deodorant and Bombas Socks. Uh, pretty awesome products. I'll give you some discount codes. I mean, I'm currently wearing both things right now. A little Native Deodorant and Bombas Socks, so you might want to get involved. Great products. Guys, the year is wrapping up, and I just wanted to thank you so much for uh, listening to my podcast and being so supportive and sending me uh, nice messages on Instagram um, and rating it five stars and leaving good reviews. It's, I mean, you guys are really the ones keeping this train rolling, so thank you so, so, so much. And you can always DM me uh, if you got a thought or something at Rachel N. O'Brien on Instagram, reads like Rachel No O'Brien, and tag me in your Insta story where I, I like I like seeing when you're listening. I'll repost it on my Insta. Okay, tour dates, got to give you those. Um, I will be in Denver on January 17th, Detroit, uh, February 19th, Long Island, March 28th, and Boston. Uh, March 29th. Those are all going to be shows I'm doing with Kristen Doty. The format is I will be doing like stand up up top like 30 minutes and then we'll like take kind of a little break and then I will bring her up on stage and we will be doing a live podcast and we have uh, VIP tickets where we can we're doing meet and greets afterwards and you can get tickets for those at rachelobriancomedy.com. I'm really excited to see you guys and uh, meet you and just I love I love touring. I like checking out new cities too. Oh, and the February 19th show is uh, Kristen's birthday, so we're kind of branding it as our birthday show. Uh, well, okay, before I get to my guest, I have to tell you guys, uh, I met my hero. Okay, so here's the thing. I believe that, first of all, I've been the one that was saying Post Malone is a very attractive guy before the because it's been hitting the internet people have been like you know actually he's really really handsome I'm like yeah I've been saying it for a while once he took the gold teeth out and cut his hair I mean you got just gotta look past the face tattoos look at those beautiful eyes um and I got to I got to meet him and I'm gonna explain how that happened um and also my regret of the fact that I freaking went to bed early and I didn't get to go and play music with him I mean not that I can play music but my friends that I was with ended up staying longer and then he invited them like back to his hotel room and they were all jamming and they posted these video on Instagram and I was like why why do I always go to bed early (laughs) because I'm always tired just like post okay so this is how we met him so my friend Rachel I'm going to be saying a lot of names here but just try to follow me my friend Rachel um also my name so that's confusing uh, came into town for like a week. She's uh, she's going through kind of a hard time and she really wanted to like treat herself to a fun trip. And so uh, she decided to book herself uh, a bungalow at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Now, I've never stayed at the Beverly Hills Hotel, let alone for a whole week. But she, I mean, I, I couldn't afford to stay there for a week, but she's pretty financially uh, successful. And uh, so she booked a room and invited me to stay with her the whole time. So when you're staying at like one of those, uh, there's hotels in LA, like the Beverly Hills Hotel, Bel Air Hotel, places like that, Chateau Marmont, that are kind of like celebrity hideaways. Even some celebrities actually live there for certain periods of time. So, um, I, and I, I love that I'm brushing over the, the Justin Bieber sighting, but I didn't talk to him, so who cares? We saw him, um, and yeah. So the way that the Beverly Hills Hotel is kind of laid out, there's like two main uh bars and restaurants there there's the polo lounge and then there's bar 1912 polo lounge is always super busy and it's kind of like 
someone could sort of like be tucked in a corner and you wouldn't necessarily, you know, see them. And, um, but the bar 1912, um, I just realized, by the way, I've told the story of my podcast the last time Rachel stayed here and we had a very interesting Kathy Hilton experience. God, we see, I guess you just got to hang out there and you're going to meet people. So, um, so we were in bar 1912 and there's like only a few people in there and me, it was me and my friend Rachel and then our friends, uh, Chris and Walter, um, we're all hanging out there and the only other people in there were some random dudes and then post Malone and his date. We didn't really speak to her. She didn't actually speak like at all. I introduced myself, but that was about it. Um, and so my friend Walter is super friendly and he, he just kind of started talking to post. He didn't like, he wasn't like being weird, like in a celebrity way. He just sort of like, they were just standing close enough to each other and he just starts talking to him and Post was such a nice guy. And uh, so I'm like, this might be my opportunity to also tell him that we have a little bit of a connection in terms of I may have had a hand in uh, copywriting White Iverson, but I didn't know it was going to be a big hit. So let me explain how that happened. So years ago when, uh, before I like became a full-time stand-up comedian and podcaster, I worked for this, I was a personal assistant for this, this woman, but my job was, it was like pretty much everything. Like I, I handled a lot of her real estate stuff and I also would just do random favors and things for her whole family. So I'd like go grocery shopping or if one of her sons, uh, needed something, I would have to do stuff like that. And, uh, one of her sons, Rex Kudo, uh, is a music producer. Well, he was like, just starting out he was like a, a teenager they were both posting him were both basically teenagers or early 20s I can't quite remember and um so they they the family built a recording studio for Rex in their house and uh so when so basically like I would overhear like oh yeah Post is going into the studio to record with Rex but this is again way before anyone knew Post's name it was just like these were like random kids and I didn't know what they were up to and so um, when they would be finished recording, uh, Rex would just come and give me like a zip drive and I would uh, go onto the copywriting uh, website and copyright the music. And pretty sure, so I kind of go find my old computer because now I really want to know if for sure I uh, copyrighted White Iverson, um, but pretty sure I did. So anyways, so I stopped working at that job I like here on the radio, like White Iverson came out. And everyone's talking about this Post Malone kid. I'm like, I think that might be the same. Oh, wait, I think, I, oh, shit. <laughs> so it came full circle and I got to meet him like a couple nights ago and talk to him. And, and he knew exactly what I was talking about. He was like, yeah, Rex and Edon and all this crazy stuff. And uh, yeah, it was pretty freaking cool. The only thing I regret right now is that I always go to bed early because when I saw that Walter and Chris like got to go back up to his room and they were playing the guitar with him and stuff. I was like, ah. but it was still pretty awesome. So anyways, on to my podcast guest. All right. You guys are really going to love her. Um, Allie Levine. She's a good friend of mine. She is a celebrity stylist. She's also appeared on, um, it's called, it was a stripped show on Bravo where they would, they were naked doing reality TV. I, f I forget the name of it, but it's also kind of the name of her podcast too. So she's also got a podcast kind of about like mommy life. And, uh, we, she tells me the very epic story of her, her labor and her daughter's, uh, birth on this podcast. And I'm 
well, first of all, I realize I don't know much about childbirth and the whole process. And I'm like, I should probably like, learn that in case I ever want to have kids. But she terrified me. So I don't know if I'm going to have kids anymore. But it's a super interesting story. And she's really candid. And she talks about how um, she uh, dealt with her postpartum depression and all the work she did on herself. And just lots of fun, exciting stuff. So um, without further ado, give it up for Allie Levine. All right. Allie Levine. You're back, but I'm you're back. solo this time. I am. I, thank you for having me. I'm so, and like in your apartment this time, this is so cozy and like the vibes in here, I can't get enough. Thank you. Yeah. Do you feel like you are in a Persian palace? <laughs> I might be a but combination. like it's small. You're like, okay, small. She's done a lot with a very small space. Yeah, Persian palace, maybe a little of a hint of Shaza Sunset vibes. Yeah, I mean, that was the, that was the plan. <laughs> I'm all about it. I mean, you know, I love me some Shaz. So, <laughs> actually, and MJ, by the way, one of the nicest people. Oh my god, how much do you love her? I her really, and I, like, we've gotten close, especially being in the mommy world. Yeah. and like, I just adore her and her heart. Yeah, she's always been so nice to me. I've only like seen her at events, like here and there, but like, she's always really, really. She's sweet the sweetest. And, yeah. We like joking, we like text each other like pictures of like our shirts like covered in like God knows what from our babies, and like I just die because I'm like, oh my god, yet you look so glam and beautiful and fabulous where you go but like you're so real and so transparent and so sweet and have such mm -hmm. a good heart like I just adore her I love that I think that's important for people to know like that these people that they think are always have glam and all these mm -hmm. things around them all the time like that ain't what it's like all the time no. no and it's like sometimes it's even harder for them because they do go from like that constant camera and glam being taken care of to like home in literally shit and you're like oh my god i'm full of shit and i'm covered in shit the baby's covered in shit it's like oh you know god. it's like crazy you know and it's like oh and then this is my reality yeah that is your reality because that's what normal life that's is. what life is yeah, yeah. <laughs> i wonder if there's people though that like i don't think so though like i i believe that even like megan markle and you know, even though she's going through a hard time and yeah. I feel horrible for her. I do too, but can I tell you how much I like truly my heart, like I think she's doing a world of good being so transparent. And totally being agree. So honest. Like I know people are so upset about it and people feel so different about it, but I'm like, I know the royal family's like sweeping on the rug. We don't want to be seen, but I'm like, no, that's the problem with so oh, much of nice. everything is everyone sweeps everything. Nobody wants to share it. And it's like, thank you, Megan Markle for showing your freaking human. Mm -hmm. She you know? had such pain in her eyes. And yes, like the one clip I, I saw, know. I was like, Ugh. oh, I was crying for her. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And, but, but I think like, cause I was thinking like, okay, so like, you know, someone that you think like really has it all, like they must never actually experience. No, it, at any point in their day with the kids, they're probably getting shit on their hand. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. and more than once, most likely. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Or covered in spit up or breast milk or whatever it may be. Like mm -hmm. that's just, especially when you have little ones, like that's just reality. Is anyone mm -hmm. who tells you differently? It's like, <laughs> well, unless not to be rude, but unless you have like a nanny 24 seven who literally you're not touching your child at all. Like that's just not reality. Well, then that child probably is, that is not good grooming for that child. That's right. sad. Yeah. That's, right. Yeah. They say like what the first like how many years of your life are the most formative? The first three to four years, yeah. most formative, because that's when they're really learning and exploring. And I see that with Amelia, like she's nineteen and a half months old, and I'm like, oh my god, like people are like she's so sweet, she has such a great personality, and it's like sometimes I have to like smack myself and be like, Ali, like you're a huge part of that, like you did that, you're, you're raising her. You and your husband are the main part of right. it, right? And it's like sometimes I forget that, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we're raising this little human, like yeah, and and I'm getting to see like her grow and blossom and like what we're doing like you know affect her and change her and like help her grow and I'm like oh my god man this is wild <laughs> like is, is that this, a weird a feeling, feeling to think like I am 
literally molding a human's life. Does yes. that ever like cross your mind? Like all the time. And honestly, Rachel, like it, sometimes it freaks me out because I'll be like, no matter what, you're going to fuck up your kids. Cause it's just, everyone's told me that's just, the, that's just the way of life. Yeah. So it's like, I try to not fuck up as much as I can, Yeah. but I'm like, it's going to happen. But it's like, I try to be one of those mindful parents and like really pay attention. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm literally like raising this little human. Like every little thing I do, you're paying attention to, you're picking up on like, if I have a meltdown, you see me and you have a mm -hmm. meltdown. Like, it's just wild. And I've said to Justin, I'm like, she's a little human. She's a little person. Like we created her and like, we're responsible mm -hmm. for her and not just her, but we're responsible for like how she turns out in society and like what she does in the world to a point. Yeah. And it's just like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> you know? How do you manage that? Like, do you ever catch yourself like maybe having a meltdown or something and then being like, oh shit. Or. I mean, oh yeah. Last week, for example, I was in the car and Amelia was screaming for, I don't even know her, her water. I think she was screaming wah wah or for food. I don't remember what exactly it was. It was a blur, but I was trying, I had just pulled into the driveway. I was trying to answer a quick email because I had like an urgent situation going on. And I was like, Amelia, hold on. Like mama's doing this for a second. Like air was on, like music was on, like she was fine. And it was just like, she was flipping. And I was like, oh my gosh, Allie, just concentrate on this, write this down. And I was trying and she was screaming so loud. And I was just like, oh my God. And I just lost it. And I started mm -hmm. screaming and I felt horrible because she got more upset and started crying mm -hmm. and got so upset and like really like worked up and I like stopped everything I was doing and I turned the music off and I got out of the car and I was like, Allie, get a grip on yourself. Mm -hmm. And I like talked to myself, you know, and yeah. I was like, she's nice. Which I think can be very helpful. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like to talk yourself down from things and just tell yourself like it's okay. I was like, she's 19 and a half months old. She doesn't know what you're tripping out about. She doesn't care that a brand is trying to talk to you. Like she just needs you and she needs whatever she's asking for right mm -hmm. now. And I was just like, okay, reality check. Like she's mm -hmm. your priority. You know yeah. what I mean? And then as soon as I kind of like brought myself down, I like picked her up and I soothed her and then she was fine. And I gave her what she needed and like all was well in the world. And, and like five minutes later, I could go back to what I was doing. And it was like, then I thought to myself, like how stupid was that? That I had such a meltdown mm -hmm. over that when like five minutes later, she was fine and everything was great. And I could go back to what I was doing. Yeah. But in that moment, it felt like, oh my God. But to her, it probably felt like, oh my God. Like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like to us as, as adults, we have those meltdowns. But then it's like, imagine what they feel yeah. when they can't even express it or say what they're feeling. And they're just like trying to get the words out to be like, please, please help me. And you're just like, ah, you know, yeah. and they're like, the hell? Aren't you supposed to yeah. be my safe space? You know? <laughs> the hell are you yeah, doing? You're exactly. acting like a real baby, mom. Exactly. Like, I thought I was supposed to be the baby. What the exactly. hell are you doing? She's sitting there going, oh my God, I thought you were supposed to be my safe space. Yeah. The hell is going on here? You know? It's Calm like, it down, mom. Mom, right. have a drink. I don't right. have to tell you. Take it down a notch, mom. You know, it's like, okay, I didn't realize you could scream louder than me. Okay, I can, Amelia. Yeah, don't you're test like, fine. me. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Hilarious. So it's like, I do. And sometimes I have to laugh at myself yeah. and say to myself, like, okay, like it's really not the end of the world. I know yeah. it feels like the end of the world, but like, it's really not. Yeah. So like, and you are really human. So like having a, like a, a reaction to that, well, yes. not perfect, but sure. who is right? You are human. And then you probably learn from it afterwards. Like all Definitely. Right, next time. Yeah. Next time, let me not do that. And let yeah. me like try to calm down. And I appreciate you said like, we're all not perfect. It's like, I have to tell myself all the time. I'm not going to be a perfect parent. Yeah. Like, even though I put that pressure on myself all the time of like, do this right. Do this. It's like, you're going to hook your kids up and like that's yeah. just life and you're going to make mistakes because you make mistakes even as an adult and you know as you grow and it's like you just have to learn and you have to like teach them and feel like 
I'm doing the right thing to, with you most of the time. And yeah. when I fuck up, I'm going to try to like correct it as fast as possible and try not to do something like that again and yeah. do something else with you. So that's like what I'm constantly teaching myself. Yeah. And you want your kids to have stories later. Like that's I feel true. like I had like pretty goddamn good parents, <laughs> but I have so many funny stories of my mom literally being like, we would drive down a certain street to be like, lock the windows, lock the doors. And I'm like, you are freaking out for no reason, lady. But like, it's just like funny stuff in my right. head of like, totally calm down. Woman. Right. Yeah. <laughs> reel it in, mom. Yeah, yeah. Reel it in. Right. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm sure already she's just like, okay, I've seen mom have some interesting meltdowns. Yeah. Like noted in 19 months old. Yeah, you know, it's, like, it's in her head it's now. It's in her head now. It's like later on, all of a sudden she'll be like, I'll be like screaming and she'll be like, oh, wait. Deja vu. Yeah. What was that? You know, it's so funny. funny. So, but is that like a thing amongst like the mommy community of like feeling like you have to be perfect? And oh like, my god, what is that pressure like? And how do you deal with it? And how do other moms you're around deal with it? Like, do, <sighs> is, there a, is there is there support from other moms? Like, <laughs> it's interesting. You know, the mom community has been such an amazing space for me in the sense of like I found a real community. I found a real following on my social I found people that really connect with me and like want to talk to me and have an audience but at the same time there's so much shaming and there's so much of like what are you doing or oh what were you just feeding her or like I would give Amelia a lollipop the other day and it was like a sugar-free like I gave her like I knew what I was giving her like I, I was clean da, 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 whatever and so it was like I got so many messages. Between, really? Oh my God. I should have screenshot it. I had so many from, and mostly moms that were like, oh my God, be careful. She doesn't choke on that. And oh my God, is that sugar free? And oh my God. And the list just went on and I sat there and went, oh my God, how the hell are you supposed to be a parent at this age, man? Yeah. Like, it's like, you just like want to snap sometimes. It's like, you're trying to do your best. And then of course I choose to share my life on social and I'm public figure and I kind of have to blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, it's freaking vulnerable. And it's like, I still have those moments where it's like, but I'm still human and like it still hurts my feelings that you shame me and make me feel like a bad mom and say to me like, you know, why are you still breastfeeding? She's 19 and a half months old. Like, why is it your fucking business that I'm still breastfeeding? Like, yeah. that's my choice. Like, you know, that's thing that works for my family. Like, what does it affect your everyday life? Yeah. No. So like, why are you commenting on that? And then other people message me saying, well, when are you, you know, when are you going to stop? And, you know, oh, oh, so you do plan on stopping. So like, you know, what is that going to do? And I'm like, why, why are we even having these conversations? Like, why are you so deep into my life? And I know it's like you kind of invite that with what social is and everything. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, it's like you go through all this shaming and you do go through all these like whys and what are you doing? And oh, what are you feeding her now? What are you using? And I'm like, oh, my God, can I mom just get a break? Like, you know, it's like. Well, you have to realize, too, it's other people projecting their own anxieties onto you. Like, like it's I feel like most of that stuff is like I think a lot of times people are being very caring. Yes. And most people mean well. Yeah. But I think a lot of the times, too, like they're projecting their own like, am I being a good mom? Should I just tell this person they're not being doing a great job? Maybe let's see what response I can get. Right. It's true. And they and they project onto you like what they're feeling and it's like no 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 like you're not you're not helping me and then I'm not helping you and it's like I even have to check myself and say to myself sometimes if I see something with a mom's doing mm-hmm. if I want to say something or share advice I ask myself first if they said that to me how would I feel that's a great way to approach it I think like yeah what, what would that make me feel like because that can stop someone in their tracks during the day like that imagine I mean you're getting like tens to hundreds of them I'm sure yes. like 
the person doesn't know what that feels like to exactly i mean granted if you're actually doing something dangerous with your kids yes, i sure. get it sure yeah. exactly yeah if you're like dangling on that side of a car right. sound the alarm hey let's sure. place a call right let's call <laughs> totally. some authorities right. i don't know exactly. let's do something something yeah but just like a small like when are you going to be done breastfeeding right when or why are you, you like, give them the lollipop or what is yeah. that food you're feeding her today it's like oh yeah like me. you have to think before you send people these messages because you don't know how much it like actually affects like mm-hmm. you know like their entire existence Oh, there's some some days where it like shakes me and then I have to like really go to myself and say, like you said, is it being projected onto me? Other days it's really hard to shake. So honestly, I sign off. Like Mm -hmm. I don't post on stories for the rest of the day. And then people will say like, where'd you go? And it's like, I needed to like take myself away from here because this was no longer a safe space. And I have to tell myself like, that's okay. If like, that's totally okay. Social media isn't a safe space that day. Then like, regardless of part of it being part of my job, your health, your wellness, your mental, everything like that is self-care. You sign off. Absolutely. I, I say that to moms too. Like I had a mom message me a couple of weeks ago who told me that she used to follow me because she felt like everything was so real and raw and transparent and she really valued it and it really helped her through her own journeys. And she really like loved me for that. And she goes, but recently I feel like you haven't been in that space or something along those lines. And she goes, and I am having a really hard time. And I said, can I be quite honest with you? I'm I'm sorry you feel that way because mm-hmm. nothing's changed. But if you feel that way, go ahead and hit the unfollow button. Yeah. And she was blown away by my response. Yeah. And she was like, well, I, you know, I wasn't trying to be rude. I said, I'm not trying to be rude. Yeah. If someone affects me in my life and it's coming home with me. Yeah. You better believe I'm hitting the unfollow oh, button. Oh, absolutely. It's yeah. just like when you meet people in life, if they don't fit and they don't work for your life, you mm-hmm. can be nice and whatever, but it doesn't mean you have to freaking follow what they're doing and, and engage. And no, 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 no hit that unfollow button, you yeah. know? And she was like, oh. And then she's like, oh my God, well now I want to stay following you because you're so honest. And I'm like, well, you do what you got to do. Yeah. But like, I'm just telling you, if I trigger something, if I do something, like me personally, I would never want to do that to you, but like, I don't know what I'm doing. And we're yeah. all human. We all make mistakes. We all say things, whatever. Yeah. But if it's bothering you, go ahead and Absolutely. It. Yeah. Like that's not, I think maybe she was looking for a response from you. Maybe. But, and, or, and, you, and I guess she got it. Yeah. Then, yes. yeah but, but yeah, it's, Social media is such a weird thing of like, but sometimes it's hard. Like when you are fascinated by something too, mm-hmm. though, where it's like, yeah, you can unfollow, but then you're like, oh, you still check it out. Like, and, go check right. It? Should, I go, oh, should I go do a little research and yeah. stalk it out a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Like, We're all guilty. of Yeah, that. totally. And you'll go down a rabbit hole. And then it's like, I've learned with me too, like, especially with moms and like the mom shaming and even shaming myself. Like, if I say like I haven't loved how my body's you know come back in the last few months and I'll go on and look at moms and you know had a baby six weeks ago and oh look their body like bounced you know right back and I'm like okay hey, first I- of all you look amazing oh, thank you second of all some people just have some goddamn genetics I know, that like man. I know I know or they I like literally have. train for labor and they yeah. like literally like I've had some moms tell me like dude what do you mean like tell me what train for labor means. oh my god no like and so- shall I do it <laughs> you actually probably could first of all I to gotta be honest get, first of all I gotta get married. I got it. Never mind. I'm way too far steps ahead, but tell me. No, no, no. You actually probably could, to be honest. So, like, okay. This is funny because I only honestly recently learned of this, but like Kate Casey, who's like one of my favorite moms. Oh, I love her. Oh, she's, she's amazing. Like, podcaster, that, reality. Like, that girl is, I love her. She's on it. I mean, yeah. she does so freaking much yes. and has so many kids and is yes. like, she's a badass. Yes. Like she's amazing and yeah. she's hilarious and humble and I just adore yeah, her. And she, I do too. Yeah. And she was in my podcast and we kind of talked about this and she was like, she kind of like gave me that, that, that ad- advice of like, when you get your body in that state of like knowing mm-hmm. that 
you like need to like it, it really is like that's why it's called labor like you have to put your body through like hell and back and like mm-hmm. the whole thing so it's like Kate Casey told me like she literally like would like run more miles and she would like do more breathing and like she so you probably could because like you love to work out where it's like see I don't so it's like not my happy place well, I you do also it. bounced back very quickly oh, you're, you're so tinier sweet. than I am now and spoiler alert <laughs> there's another kid coming anyways we'll get to that spoiler alert, number two is on the way <laughs> casual um, I have marked it in case you want to delete it trust me um but um, I just love how it came out but <laughs> I have tried a million other deodorants and Native is the only one that works for me. Not to mention it smells absolutely incredible. They have all these like exotic scents. Like currently I'm using peony and jasmine tea and it just works and it's healthy for you. It's good to know what's in your deodorant. Less is more with Native. Their formula contains simple ingredients you understand so you know everything that's in it and it's worth it. It's worth it to get something aluminum free that's safe and effective and they have something for everyone. Native comes in a wide variety of enticing scents for men and women and they even release new limited edition seasonal scents throughout the year which is super fun. I've also tried some classic ones like the coconut and vanilla. I just get so many compliments on how good it smells. So you guys should check it out. For 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code BEHERE during checkout. That's 20% off your first purchase. Visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code BEHERE during checkout. But it's like, you know, it's like, I hate that word bounce back because it's like not everyone bounces back six weeks later, nine weeks later, eight months later. Like everyone's bodies are different and Mm -hmm. you don't realize some women like no shame, but like, especially here in Hollywood, they get a freaking tummy tuck the minute they push that baby out and like you have a C-section, like good for you. That's not really in the cards for me, you know? So it's like, yeah, everybody is different. But like, I have to tell myself that when I shame myself all the time, stop looking at everyone and stop comparing and yeah. stop doing that because the same thing that like, and what you're is that doing, serving you what is that serving right. you to yeah exactly oh, go ahead. no it's Sorry. fine it's like that rabbit hole right how you were mm-hmm. saying it, you kind of go back and like watch it's the same thing it's like well you already hit on follow so why would you continue to compare and look and this and that like what what are you doing for yourself mm-hmm. nothing you're just putting shame in your mind you're making yourself feel horrible mm-hmm. and you're putting yourself in a way worse position than yeah. you were in earlier in the day oh totally yeah and even just the self-talk of like how you talk to yourself yes like, oh my god I I feel like that in general and I I don't know I feel like you're pretty good at this too like I feel like you you've you've gotten to a point in your life where like I don't I I can reframe stuff to be like well fuck it I'll never have a good stomach like big deal totally. like I can reframe it to be like I don't need to obsess about it. Like, right. Hey, I like Let go to, of the obsession. Yeah, I like to work out because it, it feels good. Right, and it, like and you enjoy it's good. it. Yeah, it's good mentally for me. I just, I really like it. Will I ever have a six pack? God, no. <laughs> right. Like, no, totally. it's never happened, never gonna happen. Yeah. Like, never gonna have an Emily Ratajkowski stomach. I'm fine with it. <laughs> right, totally. Like, there's a special thing where you have to kind of be like, oh, why am I even looking at that if it like triggers? Yes. Like, it's like, that's never going to be me. That's Amen. totally okay. Yes, yes. And I like about 7,000 other things about myself. Right. Like and reminding yourself about yeah. those things. And like for me also, like I've had to do a ton of like affirmations mm-hmm. and like look in the mirror and be like, okay, but like, yes, I had a C-section. That wasn't what I wanted. And yes, my body's not where I wanted it to be. But like this scar allowed my daughter to come into this world. Like yeah. my body carried this way so I could have my child. And like all these things that other people like don't even get the opportunity to have in life. I'm bitching totally. over. That's a, you know? such a great way to reframe mm-hmm. it. Like there's so many people like, yes, there's so many, like they want to get pregnant. Like and they Hilaria Baldwin yep. and mm-hmm. uh, James Vanderbeek's like just yep. had these 
horrible miscarriage. Like yep. it's so right. Miscarriages, probably, infertility, and they it's like kill to have a scar. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I know they've already had kids. No, but, but like exactly being, yeah. right. And it's like when you reframe that and mm-hmm. you tell yourself like, but these are the things. At the same time, like I should be grateful for yeah. and stop shaming myself for. It. That's when you change the conversation. And so I think I've had to do that heavily with social media, and especially when moms come at me because it's like sometimes I'm so taken off guard because sometimes they write me the sweetest things or like I just listened to your podcast and I just felt like oh my god she uplifts me so much and thank you for getting me. And then other days I'm like oh my god why did, were you being so uplifting? And the next day you're bashing me like over the head and I'm just like and I'm taking it because it's so like emotional for me, especially in the mom community being like I feel like we're I kind of feel like sometimes motherhood is sisterhood then other times it's like whoa well it's a catty sisterhood man like yeah you know what I mean that's girls in general unfortunately but well, I how think do you mother- deal with that like how do you deal with like how does your brain say like okay well this is what it is right or- I think that it's been a learning curve for me but I think that like honestly it it's, depends on every situation sometimes it's saying something back like that you know one uh woman who I was like go ahead and hit unfollow And then other times I think I have to sign off because Mm -hmm. I have no choice and I'm just like can't handle it. So it's like, okay, I can't handle this. So therefore I'm going to remove myself from the situation because I don't have to be in the situation right now. And then other times I think I literally have to flip the script and I have to say to myself, like you said, okay, so what are they projecting onto me? Yeah. Like, what is it that you're so upset about? I'm not going to say that to you. Yeah. But in my own mind, like, what is it that's going on with you that you're choosing then to project onto me? And I'm so sorry that is going on with you, but like, that is just not my problem. Yeah, totally. You know? Totally. So it's like, I think I find those different. And then to be honest, I freaking meditate all the time, man. Yeah. I really do. It is so, it has been so helpful for me in so many ways and people have said to me like you know our good friend Chris Medina he'll say to me all the time he's like babe he's like you should be so proud of yourself like you have changed so much like in the sense of evolving and growing and I'm like oh you're so sweet and he's like no I'm serious he's like I've seen such a like a, a growth in you and, and he's like and I know of course like you know your mom now is like, he's like but I'm telling you like the work you've done on yourself is so apparent and I really attribute so much of that to meditation. So what is your meditation practice? What do you do? So I have a really hard time, to be honest, doing non-guided. I've tried so hard and I, I just can't. I think my brain is too busy and I can't mm-hmm. shut off and I've got too many things going on that it's like, <laughs> that's not happening, Allie. So yeah. I use, my favorite app right now is Journey Live slash Journey Meditation. It's like both in the app, um, on the app store. And I also found it through a mom community. Mm-hmm. Um, my Hey Mama is a mom tribe that I'm in and um, they basically like help, you know, connect all of her moms and in business and in life and friendship. And I've met so many amazing moms. And this one mom was like, I needed a space and I wanted to find other ways to help others. And it started out just bringing in moms. But now like everybody uses the app mm-hmm. and it's amazing because they have all these different guided meditations. I put on my calendar. It's so like journey live. Yeah. Journey okay. live. And it's like a little blue J. Okay. And it's so cool because like literally it pops up like on my calendar. Like I have it set to like the ones I love. Mm-hmm. So like just now I got a notification. Like if I was available, yeah. I could have meditated for the last 15 minutes. Like with that teacher and yeah. they like call you in and they like say, okay, like find a quiet space you know, wherever you are and they get you like ready and then they walk you through the meditation mm-hmm. and it's like everything is different each time. It's like affirmations. Sometimes it's grateful things. Sometimes you had a hard week last week. They discussed like Mercury retrograde. Mm-hmm. We we're all feeling it, you know, like how that triggers you. How do you not be triggered by that? How do you work through that? And all those things I just find are so helpful because yeah. we all need some kind of tools oh, to absolutely. like manage things. Oh, I think meditation can be one of the greatest things. Like, I got I do it as much as I can remember to do it. Yes, it's a hard thing to remember, which is why I love this app because to me, it's like the reminders constantly, like a pop up, like, hey, so, um, you know, this is uh," like I just said, it's like, okay, 
So this just popped up and we have Anita, you know, at 430, you know, with a I am self-affirmation, you know, it. and I'm like, oh, my God. That's yeah. great. I got to yeah. sign up for that. Yeah, you yeah. would love it. I can get you like a code too. And I'm sure probably for listeners, like I know the mom well, but like I'm trying to even help them get out there in the community more because I think a lot of people do have a hard time finding that space and finding yeah. that time and they have a hard time carving it out. So if it's set for you yeah. and it says, you know, hey, this is what's up, mm -hmm. then at least it kind of triggers you. Okay, maybe I didn't have time this time, but yeah. like tomorrow I'm going to make room for that. Yeah. You know, and you look forward to it. Oh, totally. I also find too that... Um, if you don't necessarily have like I, I tried to most days but I've even like tried to incorporate like in a moment when you might be feeling like anxious or like why am I in line at this airport why am I like why is this happening like just being like I'm gonna take like six really long like slow breaths and it's so it's so crazy how much you can just be like well this isn't that big of a deal I feel fine I'm I'm fine like it's I, I, I kind of believe like also in doing like meditation just in like basic daily life types of things. I appreciate what you're saying because I also think that there's such beauty in pausing. Mm -hmm. And I used to be so afraid to pause. Mm -hmm. I was afraid if I paused, things would never like move forward. Mm -hmm. I would lose momentum. I wouldn't get that job. I wouldn't get that brand. This wouldn't happen. But actually when you pause you gain so much perspective. And sometimes more things come to you. Yes. I felt like that was kind of the theme of my last episode with uh -huh. Kat Sadler. Yeah, I, I don't love... Know, I don't know when this is coming out, but whatever. Right. Maybe no, the last I episode. I loved yeah. Kat's episode. Yeah, it she, spoke to me so much. As a mom, she just yep. decided to quit for a year. Yeah. And I felt like that resonated with me so much where I'm like, I'm the same way you were just yeah. saying, like, if I pause, if I don't keep doing things, right. then no one's going to want to hire happen? me. Yeah. Like, what's going right. to, whatever. Uh -huh. And she just knew it was the best thing for her. And I was like, and I was, I was blown away. When I was listening on your warrior. podcast, I, fucking I, love her. I was like, oh my God, like, good for you. Like, you knew, like, deep down, intuitively, mm -hmm. like, that's, like, that was what you could do, you yeah. know? And it's like, Holy and I know crap. not everyone has the option to do no, that. No, like, of that, course. Like, that's not... No, that's not like everyday life. Like, especially for us, like being freelancers, we chose is what we created our entrepreneurship. It's that. But regardless, even if like say, you know, you're in a corporate job, in my opinion, because I worked corporate many years ago. Like if back then I would have never thought to myself, oh, I could take a pause. Like, yeah. but it's like, if you need that pause and you need to go take that longer break just to breathe, mm -hmm. like you were saying, and take those six breaths, or you maybe needed to like call out half the day and like, obviously not saying call to work all the time, but yeah. like, if you need to take that pause sometimes in life, like it is okay yeah. to hit the pause button. Yeah. Like, why is it as a society now we, and I think I like really realize this now, especially as a mom, why is it we feel so guilty all the time yeah. to hit the pause button? Totally. I used to like, well, it's before I even knew like um, that I had like zero thyroid gland mm -hmm. and just I'm totally fucked on the Hashimoto's hypothyroidism thing. Right. I used to like, I remember in college, every every time I would go to study, I would just fall asleep and I would think like, God, am I just lazy? Like, because I didn't know that right. I was just like, I'm so depleted. Like, I didn't know. Like, sure. I had an internship in LA when I was 19 and like, during my lunch breaks, I would just go sit in my car and take a nap because like I like was like couldn't function, but I would feel so bad about myself for it. Like, well, why aren't you doing something cool and fun for lunch? Or mm -hmm. couldn't you be working through it? But it's like, I just constantly like 
needed to sleep all the time in right. like random places but because i did because the thyroid is no joke yeah and i didn't know at that point like right. my yeah, condition was I'm so tired. serious i was yeah. just like is there something wrong with me right like, i don't know yeah and i'm like, just off i'm tired i'm overworked yeah like, you were doing a lot of different jobs so it's like yeah. it'll wear on you but even like even into i mean until fairly recently i would still feel like oh. bad or embarrassed about like hey i'm tired like yeah. i don't like well, I, you're shaming yourself yeah, yeah. totally uh-huh. shaming myself mm-hmm. where i'm like I, I shame is a real thing man I realized it like massively as a mom like, I'm like wow yeah. I have to stop shaming myself it's totally really, it's really bad especially when something's out of your control yes. and I guess this is where I'd love to go to like your postpartum depression mm-hmm. like it's something I would like to fully understand more from the perspective of someone that's gone through it because I totally believe it's a real thing I guess I just don't totally understand is it a result of just the hormones. Is it because you feel like your life has changed? Can you explain like what you? Oh, yeah. Well, and I think for everybody it's different, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm speaking for myself and my own opinion. But, you know, for me, to be honest, at first it wasn't even like I didn't eat. Honestly, Rachel, I didn't even think I had postpartum depression. First off, I didn't honestly, I did not think it didn't exist. But I thought like someone as happy as me and someone who's always like go lucky. And most people know me and you know me as like yeah. smiling. I was just like oh, so bubbly, yeah. so much energy. Yeah, like yeah. there's no way I could be depressed. Like yeah. you're not going to take me down. No way. Yeah. And I was <laughs> wrong. Um, and I think postpartum depression, you know, can find anyone. And that's like a major piece of this is it's like, I thought to myself, well, because I am so bubbly and spontaneous, like no way, you know, and it was like, oh no, you have this. And it, for me at first, it was like baby blues at first. Like it was just like, I was having a hard time because hormones do shake up mm-hmm. and you're breastfeeding and you're. Everybody loves the feeling of winning, especially the feeling of winning the holidays. If you're giving everybody Bomba socks this holiday season, you deserve a spot in the Holiday Gifting Hall of Fame. I love Bomba socks. They're so comfortable. They're perfect for working out, for comfort. And did you know that socks are the number one most requested item in homeless shelters? And Bomba socks were created to change that. For every pair you buy, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. I absolutely love that. Bomba socks are soft and not just pretty soft, more like made with the softest cotton in the world soft. And they're built with extra cushioning, so no matter whether you're walking the dog, chilling at home, playing the drums, or saving the world, you'll be comfortable. Ever notice that annoying toe seam most socks have? Yep, they don't have it. That, you know, that little ridge at the top, Bombas got rid of that. So from now on, it's just smooth sailing all the way across the top of your foot. And if you want to give someone a perfectly nice gift, give them a candle, sure. But if you want to be a holiday gifting ninja, give them Bombas. Go to bombas.com slash be here today and get 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash be here, B-O-M-B-A-S.com slash be here for 20% off your first purchase. So, you know, I think a lot of times, so at first, like nobody really talks about the fact that like you give birth, you know, first off, straight up, like no matter how you had your baby and it came into this world, your body goes through a freaking car accident, basically, like straight up, like, <laughs> oh my God, it's how like, to describe like, like that? Yeah. But seriously, like you go through a car wreck and then you're supposed to just like survive and then you're supposed to like help this little thing survive and you're just like the fuck you know it's yeah. just like and me you know I went through 42 hours of labor for those that Jesus. like read about my birth you know you could read on people and whatever but like and then you know wound up in a no but you can explain some of it 42 hours how did that even okay well part okay so like you part of it brush was, over it <laughs> okay what if we don't read the people okay, article? that's fine no I always feel like it sounds intense it was but I always feel bad because some people are like oh god I've heard this story so I'm like all right let me not retell it okay but you asked so 
Yeah. First off, I learned very quickly that in, you know, motherhood and in birth, you can't control things. And to me, I was, of course, wanting to control. So Mm -hmm. I was like, let me make a birth plan. And this is how my perfect birth plan is going to (laughs) go. You know, and (laughs) so for those listening that might be pregnant, don't make a birth plan Um, or do, but don't like be married to it because that's where your heart just breaks. And that was for me. I think that's a good lesson for anything in life. Make a plan, but don't be married to it. Like my father used to say to me all the time and still reminds me, you know, in my late 30s. You know, man makes plan, woman makes plan, God laughs, you know? Yeah. Straight up. Totally. So, you know, so, haha, thanks, Dad. You know, so it's like, he always reminds <laughs> me right. of that. Yeah, he is, he is. You know, it's like, he'll always remind me of that, you know? And I'll be like, uh-huh. And he's like, but it's true, you know? And it's like, when you look at things like that, you're like, oh, okay. So anyway, so I made a plan. I was like... I'm not going to have an epidural. I'm not going to a hospital. I want to be at a birth center because I wanted a natural birth. Mm -hmm. I wanted a tub birth because I felt very connected to my daughter in the water from like the get-go. Why? I don't know. I just literally from like 19 weeks on, Rachel, I just was in the tub like every day. Justin was like, yo, our water bill is so expensive. Oh my God, that's hilarious. I was just always in the tub, you know? It was like, and then when we moved to see me because we used to be in the valley, we had a huge, we have a huge tub and he was like, oh my God, they would call us and they'd be like, is there a leak? And he'd be like, no, my wife is pregnant. And it was like, it was just like, I was always in the tub. They would actually call and be like, I think something, (laughs) HOA was like, is there a geyser broken? What's going on? HOA was like, "Uh, there's a lot of water coming out of that home. You know, and he was just like, yeah no my wife is pregnant and, and they're like, like you know what it's fine actually right? you know what? pregnant women are scary right exactly <laughs> yeah. you know he was like oh, okay i'm like it's not my fault i just want to be in the water like i'm just comfortable in the water so because of that to me it carried into like maybe spiritually because my grandmother you know i ended up naming her after like my grandmother passed away seven you know years ago and like that was my best friend my mom's mom growing up so maybe there was like an attachment of like spiritual with the water i don't really exactly know but for a reason i felt very attached Mm -hmm. so it was like i wanted a water birth so i was like okay i looked into a birth center water birth the whole thing okay i'm gonna do this with affirmations i'm gonna do this with hypnobirthing no medicine no drugs the whole long list down the line so i go to you know so how first off people don't understand that like because my parents tripped love them but you know they love me like your parents love you and they're Mm -hmm. very protective and they tripped because they were like you're not going to hospital you're not having a doctor oh my god you know it was like what yeah. what's wrong with me what happened to this new york girl here in la you know it was like oh my god end of the world and i was like no yeah. no no, it's nothing to do with la this is my choice and how i feel and i've done my research and like there's like yeah. plenty of people who have home births and water births and it's all good you know and they were like trippy and i think you know some of like how we were saying things that people say does definitely get to you and i think part of a lot of my trauma could have been in my parents best way ever saying things out of protection and being yeah. so involved. Yeah. And so I told him, next birth, you're not allowed to be around. <laughs> oh, <shit. Yeah. laughs> Drew my boundaries hey, quick. You whatever's healthy like, for you. You can take Amelia and go do your thing yeah. and I will call you and the baby arrives. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Straight up. So I was pretty much traumatizing for them and me. So uh, anyways, we can laugh about it now. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe. Uh, <laughs> Time will tell. <laughs> right. So anyways, so basically, you know, when you are in natural labor, there's no medicine to make your body go boom, 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 baby come. There's no magic, you know, hey, you know, we're going to get the baby down. No, 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 no. You have to labor the baby down. This is what I was talking about with like Kate Casey is like when you're in labor, like you push and you. Uh, so like you need your muscles to do it. Yes. You yeah. need your muscles. You need your strength. You need like you are like, uh, it's like when you hear these noises Jeez, of like, so crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's like it is true. straight up like that. Okay. And that's why you hear like the moaning and the groaning and because you're laboring the baby down, like straight up. Okay. This is scaring the shit out of me. I know. Sorry. This is really not good. <laughs> not good for you. And so 
or maybe half your audience. And so, you know, it's like, okay, like you really do. So for me, I chose that route. Okay. Like I didn't choose to go to the hospital and be hooked up and be like, all right, help me move this baby along. So I knew that. So I knew it was going to take a while. I didn't know it was going to take 42 hours, but I knew it was going to take a while. So, you know, hours go by and I'm laboring and I'm laboring and like you have to wait for your water to break. You got to wait for all this like stuff to happen, you know. So it's like there's all these phases, right? Like water breaks, mucus plug. I'm not going to go into all that. But like all this stuff Mm -hmm. happens. (laughs) You can look it up. And so like, you know, so finally, like after I'm like pre-laboring. Oh, and actually, well, quick backstory. I decided because I was getting fed up with everybody texting me and asking me like, oh, so you've been pre-laboring? Like, how is it going? I felt like a ticking time bomb. Yeah. And my parents kept checking on me and I was getting like so sick of it because I was past. What is, sorry, what does pre-laboring mean? It's oh, okay. just like so the just contractions? Like, yeah, and the stuff? contractions. Okay. And it means like your body might be getting ready, but like it's not necessarily there. And like I went to my midwife who's like, you know, basically they're like a doctor and they they just can't cut. Was Alexis Nears here? Alexis Nears Haynes was my yeah, doula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Was my doula. Doula. Yeah, she's okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, she did my podcast. Yeah, yeah I know. She's, awesome. she's, yeah, she's amazing. And so, I, you know, and so she even <laughs> warned me because she had two crazy births and she was like, don't have a birth plan. And I was like, da, 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 New Yorker and me like, yeah, yeah stubborn. Like, I got yeah, this. I'm good. I'm like, you know, I was like, <laughs> so it was like she cracked up because it was funny. Like she became my doula because literally out of my checklist of like, what do you need? It was like she was on our other podcast in which we talked about with Amanda Lauren. Uh-huh. And she was on like telling like, you know, her story and coming back in the world. And this is what she was doing. And then afterwards, I'd shared with her that I was like, you know, pregnant with Amelia and I was like by the way you're a doula right like are you still doing this sort of thing I've been looking around and she was like yeah and I'm like cool you're <laughs> it was like <laughs> we got this right checklist yeah. you know I was like okay got this check did that you know so it's like crazy but anyways so she had kind of told me you know and so poor Alexis will tell you she was part of that whole 42 hour birth she went home to shower for like an hour thanks Alexis um because she was like exhausted and like tapped in her assistant to like help me because oh she gosh. couldn't like help me labor anymore because you because they like get physical and they like sit with you and push on you with a hubby and like yeah it's like a it's it's a scene and so did you film any of this no could this be another reality show i know everybody asked they're like i know it's funny actually bravo was like how come we didn't get that and so it was like you know so alexis like i'm gonna go home for two hours and tap out because you're only like i think i was only like three four centimeters at my house and you have to get nine centimeters yeah so it's like before you even get to five or six it's not even go time yet you're just like pretty much in pain and laboring the baby down so it's her job to keep me comfortable so she's like moving me twisting me doing what she needs to do showing justin like put your hands here put pressure there she was making us walk you've been to my neighborhood Mm -hmm. she was making us walk the neighborhood over and over again i'm like i hate you i need to sit down she's like keep going another circle another circle it was like oh my god oh yeah 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 (laughs) i'll send you some pictures from alexis that she took of me like in my pajamas like pissed off walking the blocks my big furry coat like yeah and so like this was a whole you know scene and so anyways finally like I my water like breaks like I'm now in actual like labor and so this whole like thing you know goes down and I had taken that's what I was saying in the backstory taken castor oil which is a natural induction now I'm sure I'll get some shame and hate on this because it's like a don't do but some do it's like Castor oil, if you I look at it, it you know what it is. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So, like, some people say, like, don't do it because it be really dangerous for the baby. If, like, the, if the, if it, because it does make you kind of poop and explode, it That's like. That's why I've taken it before. <laughs> exactly, right, exactly. <laughs> and so, well, they say that sometimes it can make you kind of poop and explode and it can, like, essentially get into the baby's, like, area and then that mm-hmm. can be dangerous because it's, like, toxic stool yeah but there's like slim chances but it does happen so like they always warn you so like i told alexis and my midwife like hey so i'm gonna take this and they were like oh mm, 
maybe don't do that you know and I was like yeah well I'm over like being in this like much like going on and like I'm not doing drugs so like this is my natural like I'm doing it I'm chugging it yeah <laughs> so Justin put like this big amount in my yogurt and I like downed it and then I like took a think pine at 10 p.m and passed out in bed and like went to sleep and woke up and like had a glass of red wine yes i did and <laughs> wait and, during the birth oh yeah it's they, probably fine yeah, at that, point, at that right? point everything's leaving anyways yeah, and i yeah. just need to take the edge off okay yeah, yeah. i don't think i got a whole glass maybe i have i'm not Whatever. judging i just didn't know <laughs> right it's like no yeah. but like no no judge i don't even remember but it was like something because you just have to take the edge off man yeah. some people smoke pot i don't really blame them so yeah. it was like you know at the end you're just at the end right the baby's been cooked it's like they're coming like yeah. it's not they're no longer like baking you know so anyways so i've taken casserole and finally my body's like yes okay here we go I, I think it did help speed things up a little bit for those that like have asked me like did it really work i'm like i think it moved things along because i got like more active labor yeah and so we kept going and going and then we went to my midwife even just maybe the stomach contractions in general that can happen yes. when you take, take something like yes, that and that's exactly what happened where it's like it, like it just this, sort of stimulates your stomach it does and that's what yeah, was happening and i kept feeling it and I feel like it like kind of pushed the baby more yeah um and so it was like you know we go to the birth center and I'm literally at this point now I'm crawling on hands and knees to get in the birth center because I can't mm. walk anymore and I'm like <laughs> I'm down Jesus. on all fours yeah and <laughs> it was not a pretty sight and my midwife looks at me and was like well maybe now you're in active labor because we had gone there the day before with Alexis <laughs> and I could like stand and talk like this and so she was like no honey if you can talk and we can have this conversation you're not you're not in active labor like you may be uncomfortable but like we'll talk uncomfortable is there no <laughs> way they can actually physically track it or is they it can just look sort of like, like they can kind of you know look up your you know yeah no, yeah wahoo whatever but they can kind of see a little bit but they yeah. can't like fully they can there's like a kind of a way of looking at like zero to three or three to six and she knew it wasn't exactly but she was like you're zero to three so you're not you're not really dilating yeah. so like you need to go home and like chill out because this could be another like 24 hours mm -hmm. so i think that's what scared my parents most is it was like i was in pre-labor and then i was like oh we went home oh now we're home oh now we're laboring at home we gotta wait because i'm not really there. <laughs> it was like and they yeah. just kept trying to like wait and check in and it was like hold on, yeah. we don't even know what's happening, you know? So anyways, so like we get to the birth center now. Now it's like go time and my midwife's like, okay, we now we're going to start really laboring the baby down. Like now it's time to like really push. And like, so I'm like on the toilet pushing. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> I know people have given birth on toys and I don't really blame them to be honest for whatever reason, because it's like maybe dark and like cozy and yeah, like, yeah. like it's like a safe space. Like I, I would never say So what say happens that. when then the baby just comes out and then someone comes in and cuts a cord or what happens? Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't like birth on the toilet, but like I've heard people that like have had like, you yeah. know, labor on the toilet and they actually end up getting the baby down. Like they know, and then they get in there like, you know, and they grab the baby before essentially it's in the toilet. But <laughs> so I'm laboring on the toilet. And then I was like, I was like in a corner and then I was on the bed and then I was on the floor and then I was on a ball. Oh my God, poor Alexis. She had me everywhere. And so it was like anything to get me to like stop moaning. And so after hours and hours of that, I think it was about 27, 28 hours. Um, they were like, okay, we're getting much. <laughs> I know your face is like, oh my God, we're it's getting, just so, it's just horrific. <laughs> But I'm I sure like many of my now. listeners have gone through oh, it. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. And some of them have had like a dream. Like I have some people like like Kiki, like yeah, she was in the hospital, but she can still labor like a champ. Like there's, and I bet you can too. It's just some people, you man. You don't know that? I don't know. 
Yeah, but I don't know. You like to work out, so and I do not. So I feel like I don't know. I feel like like <laughs> I feel like somewhat your body's trained. But we'll who see. knows? We'll see down the road. But you have to let me know. But <laughs> but anyways, so basically, like you know, at this point, it's like 27, 28 hours, and they're like, okay, well, if you want this tub birth, and because she's coming, and now they can kind of see she's coming down. They're like, it's time to get you in the tub if you really want this to happen. Yeah. So we get me in the tub. And it was like, I don't know if it was just like I was so tired or I was dizzy or the heat or what it was, but I like threw up immediately. I got in the tub and they were like, oh my God. So like cleaning me up, like cleaning up the tub, trying to calm me down. Alexis is trying to like chill me out. And Justin's like trying to talk me through. We've got my meditation music. Oh, we got my hypnobirthing. I'm going, <sighs> after a while, you're just like, fuck right, this. Exactly. <laughs> you know, Alexis he's, keeps the going to me. The exorcist comes right. out of you. Exactly. Alexis keeps going to me and she's like, and I'm like, peace. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> losing my damn mind. You know, and she's like, the best was she had a picture of me. I think she actually posted on her Instagram stories or her feed of like me, like literally like laying in the bed. I've got the mask. I always had to have an eye mask. An eye mask over me. I've got a bagel in hand. Another reason I went to the hospital because I don't want you to eat. And I wanted yeah. you to eat. And I'm like eating a, like a plain bagel. I got like my eye mask on and I'm like sitting back just like butt naked and just chilling, like <laughs> handling this labor, trying That's to eat hilarious. this bagel, you know, like just doing and me that's real life <laughs> right it's real life and so you know we're in the tub and I get sick and so Alexis is like all right calm down like let's just like take a bead and you know try to push so I'm trying to push and at this point now we're almost at 30 hours and my midwife Robin walks in and she pulls Justin out and so I knew mm, something's not good if she's pulling Justin out and Alexis is trying to keep me calm and she's sitting with me mm-hmm. and I'm like what's going on you know at this point I'm like I know something's up I'm like what's going mm-hmm. on she's like Let's wait till Robin comes in. Like, I think because you got sick in the tub and like you're having a hard time in the tub. We're going to see what's going on. And Robin walks in. She goes, all right, it's 30 hours. I know you don't want to hear this, but like I have to be the bearer of bad news. Shamelia is like not progressing the way we would like her to. And like I can basically almost see her head and like her hair while we're here in the tub. Like you're not feeling the urge to push. And you're pushing as hard as you can, but nothing is happening. And the fact that, like, you basically don't feel like you have to take a shit, like, is not a good sign. Because, like, you're supposed to supposedly feel that. Yeah. And I was not. I was feeling, like, contractions. And I was feeling, like, her pushing. But I wasn't feeling, like, this must get her out. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so she was like, I know you don't want to hear this, but, like, we need to get interventions. And I knew that, like, you know, being with a midwife, like, if they're a good midwife and a good doula, they'll tell you, like, we're going to have you be introduced to a backup doctor mm-hmm. in the case, God forbid, because midwives don't cut, that he has to cut, like, they have to get in there. Yeah. And so it was like, you know, they called him and they were like, listen, sadly, we're here. We're going to bring her in. We're not in an emergency. So, like, I didn't go in an ambulance. I went in my husband's truck. Well, that was a whole scene in itself. Oh, my God. So we're... <laughs> Let me just paint a picture. So we're, <laughs> so we're getting, I'm terrifying your listeners, by the way. No, so you're not. It's, it's hilarious. I feel like so, it's like a, the, um, like a, um, Christmas vacation type story. Right? Like we're just, just like never ends. nothing. Yeah. So we're like my poor parents. They're like traumatized. So we're like getting me out of the tub. Justin's trying to like wrap me in my fuzzy robe and like keep me comfortable where Manuel, I'm like bitching everybody and pissed off. I've been, you know, 30 hours of labor and yeah. I'm like, let's go. You're uncomfy. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable. At, at best. Yeah, exactly. And I'm pissed off and like I don't want to go to the hospital because I also like that's a whole thing. I have my own anxiety with the hospital. Like I just did not want to go there. And so like my parents now are tripping out because we've now, they wouldn't go home. So they're sitting in the waiting room. So we walk out there and they see me like, 
you know, distressed and in pain and uncomfortable yeah. and like trying to waddle my way into the truck and my mom's trying to buckle me and everyone's screaming and it was like, oh my God, it was a scene out of, I don't even know yeah. what. You know, and Alexis is trying to calm her down. My mom was so mean to Alexis. Like it was just, I mean, and thank God Alexis is like trained to handle that and so yeah. she was just like, okay, that's your shit, not mine. Like yeah, it's yeah. fine, you know? But it was just like my mom being major mama bear, you know? It's like I always joke now, like I understand what mama bear is. It's like a pretty word for like, I will literally beat the shit out of you and yeah. like, rip your insides out if you hurt my baby kind of totally. thing you know and so it's like I get that now and so my mom was like totally in mama bear mode and so it was like get away from my child you know and like put her you know in there and get her to the hospital and so it was like got me in the truck Justin said that was the worst ride of his life he said I was screaming so loud he said he probably turned the country because he loves country music he probably turned the country music up to like n like no end of like tenor volume he said he thought the the um stereo was gonna break in the truck because it was so loud and he still could hear me moaning and screaming and he was oh like alleys like that was the worst ride of my life and i was like oh i'm sorry it was the worst i'm so sorry yeah. for you you know and so we get there we get to the hospital you know i'm stubborn me i like walk to like the door because i didn't want a wheelchair you know god forbid <laughs> and so yeah exactly and so it's like I finally get in there they get me in they hook me up to the monitors and they're like all right well good news like baby's good you're good no fevers no problems like everything's safe so like what do you want to do oh because my psycho ass is like oh well everything's good so let's just keep pushing and they were like okay you know if that's what you want to do like the baby's safe you're uh -huh. safe you're allowed to continue to labor you're allowed to continue okay. to like Try to were, you, were you presented with a C-section at that point? No, I was presented with like, the, it's basically you can no longer try to obviously do your tub birth and you can no longer like do things as natural as you'd like to. We're probably going to have to give you an epidural or probably have to give you drugs to like move things along. Mm -hmm. But if you would like to like still try to get her out vaginally and use the drugs and this and that, then like by all means have had it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. I, I'm, at least I get like a piece of that. I'm good with that. So at first it was just Pitocin because I was still super, super like, I don't want to have a Daryl. I don't want to have a Daryl because I just didn't want it. And so it was like my own stubbornness. And so they were like, okay, fine, Pitocin. Oh my God, that shit is like no joke. Like it is so, I think to be honest, I know some people think I'm crazy. I think it was more painful than all the labor I endured. What is Pitocin? It is, some people call it pit. It's basically like this, um way to speed up labor okay but it's like they crank it like especially on me i think it was like at 15 which is the highest you can go alexa said like they crank you to no end and they like and it basically like kind of shocks what your do you mean system. it's a drug it's a drug like, yeah. and they're so injecting they, into yeah you. they direct inject it into but what do you mean if they into, crank you what does that they mean they crank it in the sense of like on the machine mm -hmm. that they push up the how high okay. it's gonna come into you and so they cranked it to like, and basically my doctor was like, well, listen, essentially because she won't come down, I want to like try to torpedo her out is what he says to me. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, okay. And so he's like- is someone there to catch her? Yeah. Like where's <laughs> They're ready. Torpedo sounds know? scary. I know, right? Worried about her head. <laughs> I know. So I'm like, okay, you know? And so they're like, that's what we're going to do. So Pitocin starts and I'm just like, oh, fuck you know and I'm crying and I'm trying to deal and I'm trying to maintain I'm trying to freaking do my affirmations that went out the window you know and I'm just like <laughs> and Lexus is trying to just keep me calm and she's like feeding me ice chips and like telling me to calm down you know and I'm like Bleh! you know and so it was just like madhouse and so Justin's holding me and squeezing me as I'm pushing and the whole thing and like Alexa's got my leg and my midwife's got my other leg and I'm pushing and pushing and it's just like fuck man and so she comes down and he goes to grab her. And I remember like him saying like, oh my God, her head. Oh my God, she has dark hair. And I start, <laughs> I start crying because she had black hair. <laughs> so 
sounds so stupid. Which also then falls out, right? And then right, the hair comes right. in. Yeah. But like to me, in my yeah. mind, like I had this perfect picture of Gan and my birth plan and everything else of like what she was going to look like. And I'm like red haired, black hair, you know? <laughs> and you've seen her. I mean, she made, I basically birthed my husband as, yeah. as Amanda Lauren likes to tell me. And yeah. so I was like, oh my God. So I'm like, black hair and he's like keep pushing you know and so he goes to grab her and little thing loves to just she just shoots right back up like nothing just shot right back up me and like now mm -hmm. yeah yeah your face that was my face what yeah how do you get i didn't like, even know you like, could do that uh -huh. how does that happen like it sucks back in yeah, apparently apparently there's a certain percentage it can just mm -hmm. what yeah so she just you know sucked back in sucked back in so he's like okay and he looks at me and he's like all right we're gonna go again and i'm like okay he's like i'm gonna give you a rest and we're going to like wait. And he's like, I would like to get you an epidural now because you're so uncomfortable on Pitocin. Like you can barely like handle this now because he could see I was like really yeah. struggling. And he's like, can we please give you an epidural? And I was like, fine. So he gives me an epidural. Honestly, I hated the epidural. Like I know every, some people love it. Like they're like, sign me up. I literally, Rachel felt like for me, maybe because I'm just not a drug person. I just felt like, oh my God, I just want to throw up. I did throw up. I was like, uh, I don't. I'm the same way. Like yeah. if it's anything like a pain pill uh -huh, or something, uh -huh. like it's like, yeah. I don't like the feeling. No, I, yeah, same. I, I, I felt it immediately and I was like, Ugh. it was like, yeah. I didn't want to feel that, you know? So, yeah. but it was like, so be it. So I did it and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there and the whole thing. And they're like, okay, we're going to give it a little bit and then we're going to go again. I'm like, okay. So a few more hours went by and we were like giving me time to relax and checking her, make sure she was good and I was good. And then it was time to push again and like really go. And I'm like, okay, here we go. And they're like really push, like get her out. And I'm like, okay. And I'm pushing and pushing as hard as I freaking can. Like I felt like my freaking legs were going to fall off. Like, mm -hmm. and meanwhile, they're like push harder. And I'm like, fuck, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing as hard as I can, yeah. you know? And then also too, the epidural makes you so numb. So it's like, like, I don't yeah, even, do you even know if you're pushing. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm like, you shit. Cause you don't know your shit. Cause yeah. you're pushing. Yeah, whatever. Like, I know, right. <laughs> Sorry, hon. You know, it's like Big deal. part of all of it, you yeah. know? And so it's like, you just like, but you don't know because you don't feel it. And so it's like, I, I always find it so interesting to some women that do, you know, end up having a vaginal birth and having a epidural. Like, how the hell do you just push and push and push? I guess you just push no end. I just wasn't able to feel, I guess I'm so sensitive. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't get there. And so we kept pushing and pushing and they were like, come on, come on. And she came back down. <laughs> and then she went back in again. Mm -hmm. What Amelia? I know, right? You little. I little, wonder this is going to be right? for her later. Oh, in life. I know. I, bet I already she's know. Have the funniest yep. stories. Oh later. yeah, and yeah. she's an Aries, so like, let's be real. She yeah. pretty much chose her birth. Like Chris Medina was like, yeah. um, you should have known what you were working with. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, hilarious. oh, okay, great, thanks, Chris. Um, you know, so it's like, so anyways, after that happened, he looked at me, my doctor, and he's like, um, so we're at a crossroads, and I was like, uh huh, and he's like what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't, I really didn't want a C-section, you know? And he was like, okay, well you're at 42 hours now mm -hmm. and you, things are still safe. So like by law and by like me being your doctor, like I can allow you to lay here and like gain more energy to like labor more and continue to do this. But like, there are no guarantees because we have tried now and she has basically gotten to destination station. Like I dilated almost to nine centimeters, which is basically like go. Yeah. And so he was like, and it's not happening. But if you want to really continue, like I will, he literally said to me, I will leave. I will go to the gym and come back. Cause technically like by law, at least in California, like if they're not present, unless it's like an emergency, emergency situation, then the baby can't be born because like the okay. doctor has to be present in the room. Okay. Like, and they have to be a part of it. So he was basically doing me like a service and doing me like a, you know, I guess like a, right by me mm -hmm. of like, I will disappear for a minute yeah. so you can like regroup and then you let me know what you want to do. So I was like, okay, fine. Go to the gym. So he leaves. 
and I'm sitting with Justin. I ask, you know, Alexis, my midwife, everybody to leave the room. And it was my birth team. And I was like, can you guys, you know, give us a minute? And I looked at Justin and he looked at me and I'm like hysterical. And he's like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, just, I'm like, I, I, I just want to keep going. And he's like, you look so tired. And I'm sure I looked like hell. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know, but I just like want to keep going. And he's like, I know, babe. And he's like, and I'm here for you. I'm like, whatever you want to do, I'm not telling you what to do. And I was like, I know, but like, I feel like, and he's like, no, 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 no. This is your decision. This has been your decision all along. Like I have backed you even with your parents screaming at me. Like I, whatever mm-hmm. you want to do. And I was like, I want to keep going. And he's like, okay. And then he starts like getting teary eyed. He never gets teary eyed. And I look at him and he's like, don't you just want to meet her now? Well, fuck me, Justin. I'm like, yeah, really? Really? Don't you just want to meet her now? Did that send you over the edge? Yeah. I was hysterical. I looked at him and I said, fine. Yeah. Call Dr. Poliagin. Because then did you think for a second, like, well, maybe this isn't about Mm -hmm. me anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My perspective changed immediately. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, I would like to meet her right now. And like, I wanted to be holding her 20 hours ago. You know what I mean? And it's like, you carry this person for freaking nine months. You know what I mean? It's like, no joke. Yeah. And you like become attached and you're like, oh my God, this little being like I've been responsible for and I've done everything right for you while you were growing inside of me. And not that I didn't feel like I was doing right for her because I knew she was safe. So like God, obviously God forbid something had changed. It would have been a different story. But because I knew, I think because I knew she was safe and I was safe, I continued to keep my stubborn, like we're going to go my way kind of thing. And I think it was actually a blessing in disguise that Justin ended up saying, like, don't you just want to meet her? Because I think it brought, like you said, that clarity and that perspective shift. Because, like, who knows if I would have gone for 50, you know, like, till 50 hours when they would have called it. And then it wouldn't have been on my terms. Yeah. This was better. Yeah. This was better. I got to be on my terms much as I didn't want it. And it wasn't an emergency because it was my terms. And Mm -hmm. so I said, okay, you know, prepare me for the OR. But that was scary as fuck, man. That was so traumatizing. Like, as as wonderful as they could have made it as a C-section can be. Like, I just remember, like, them taking Justin away because they had to get him suited up so he couldn't be with me for a minute. And that was terrifying. And then putting me, like, on the bed and they tie your arms down. And, like, that's... Oh, God. Yeah, they tie your Why arms. do they tie your arms down? Because if you, like, flail or freak out while they're cutting or something, you could really mess your shit up. Like, and they've had that happen apparently in the way, way past. Because oh. women don't realize. Because you, you oh know... Oh, my God. The tying your arms down freaks me out. Oh, you have no idea. I was... I felt that alone was traumatizing. Like that alone was straight up traumatizing. Well, th- so this is w- when I originally asked you the question and now I'm, I'm thankful that I heard the full mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless there's anything else you want to share about no, it. No, I mean, it's like they tie your arms down, you know, like you, they put on a local anesthetic to make sure you're comfortable, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. to, like while they're doing it. And then you, I mean, some people don't, I did, you feel like a tug because they're down there. And then look, thank God Dr. Poyakin was so fast and he like really made sure like immediately, like within five minutes of getting me in there, like she, like, she was out, she was on my chest. Mm. He honored me to like put her on my chest. Let me have her for a minute before mm. they even took her away. And they untied my arms. And like, I had her like immediately in my arms. Were they, so did they like, sew you up that quickly? Yeah, they were fast. Like I have to say, like they were, wow. they were amazing. Like in that sense, I was very lucky because I've heard of some people who have been butchered and like had major, major, major issues. And I can only imagine like that side of trauma. Mm-hmm. But in that respect, I was very lucky that like, he did an amazing job. My scar is like super small in that respect. It's like really healed. He really mm-hmm. took care of me. And like he made sure like, and I think too, because my midwife and, and my doula, you know, were there, like they really, and they knew him, like they had a relationship. They really made sure like, even though things didn't go the way I wanted them to, mm-hmm. that like it still somewhat ended up being somewhat of my control. And it was like 
me yeah. making decisions and being my own advocate because that's what Alexis is all about as a duel is like yeah. advocate for yourself not yeah. us telling you you advocate for yourself and so she kept saying to him like to me like what do you want like okay now we're in this situation so like what are the non-negotiables and I was like the non-negotiables are I want to be holding her as soon as like my arms can be undone yeah I want to you know be embraced with her the minute like they're done checking her like I don't want her leaving she is not to leave the room like and they stuck to that and so yeah. I really respected them for that because a lot of doctors won't yeah so now I now that I know the full 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 story <laughs> the trauma <laughs> that does help me to understand what postpartum might be like so I do believe the birth I and from what I've read and what I've understood a lot of traumatic births can lead into postpartum depression um I think obviously everyone again is different I think for me it was definitely the fact that I had a birth plan I wanted that to happen it didn't happen mm-hmm. I think it was also the fact that um my birth was traumatizing and then I think it was also the fact that like once I got home and I was like back at home by myself like of course my husband went my family whatever but like felt so alone and isolated it was mm-hmm. like wait so this is my new normal like so you felt you felt isolated because why because because I felt like I was a new mom and I was like completely on my own and even though like I had family even, supporting me and even though they were there still yeah I just felt like yeah I just felt like alone I just felt Which actually like it can be the worst kind of alone yeah other people are other around, people and around and you still, you feel, still alone. feel alone and yeah. you feel like suffocated and you just feel like dark and I just felt like well I'm just alone like mm-hmm. I just I'm just alone in this and no one else knows how I'm feeling mm-hmm. and how could I feel this dark and you know and it was just like I just felt like honestly I remember one day Rachel when I was when I was driving to go to a meeting and my, my thing is my mother-in-law was watching Amelia and it was like only like two and a half months in and I wasn't really aware that I was in full postpartum depression and this is when it was kind of starting to click and I was driving on the 405 and I thought to myself if I drove straight off into that divider like what would happen? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's dark, yeah. 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 And I just thought to myself, wow, fuck. And it was me by myself, you know, I didn't have my daughter. And I just thought to myself, wow, I can't believe I just thought about that. And then it just kept getting darker and darker. Mm -hmm. Like I would just have all these thoughts. So I think for everyone, you know, it's different. I think there's different breaking points and different checks of like, this might no longer be baby blues. This may no longer just be anxiety. This Mm -hmm. may be, you know, and again, Alexis started really seeing it. She was like really trying to check on me and I was purposely pushing her away because she like was seeing something and my midwife and all these things. And then it was like, what were they seeing in you? They were pushing away, pushing away. They were seeing that I was like darker than normal. They were seeing that I was trying to like conceal everything and trying to show everything was fine, even though it wasn't. I didn't want them to come check on me. Like they're supposed to do certain routine checkups. Like that's why you get a birth team or something, a doctor. Mm-hmm. I like was like, no, 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 it's fine. And I know I paid for it. But, like I, I don't want you guys to come. Like everything was like, mm-hmm. and they were just like, mm, you yeah, know, I, I don't know about yeah. that. You know what I mean? And so it was like all of those things. And then I had trouble breastfeeding. Like I just think for me, the list went on. It was like yeah. anything I felt like I was going to do as a mom, as a new mom, I felt like I couldn't check that box, so I failed. I couldn't have a natural birth. Uncheck that box. You know, I ended up in a C-section. You know, check that box. I didn't want that box. I couldn't breastfeed in the beginning. I really struggled. Like, Amelia wouldn't latch. Uh, You know, uncheck that box. So it was like, for me, I just felt like everything I was going through was like, oh. So I'm just failing as a new mom. Like, straight up, nothing is like what I thought it was going to be. This is like almost a new hell for me. Mm-hmm. And that sounds horrible saying out loud, but it was like how I felt. No, but it's not like you're saying like having a daughter's a new hell. Right. It was you felt really like you made these plans and you felt really bad about yourself for the things that you thought you needed to do that right. were not. Yeah. yeah. That I felt like we're like checking my boxes. Yeah. And it was just like, oh my God. Okay. Well, 
shit, that's, that's how you feel. And I think that because it all continued and then again, social media and comparing, like I had to sign off social for almost two months Mm -hmm. because I couldn't handle looking at all these moms again with like the perfect bodies and they had the birthday wander posting their tub births. It was like, who knows if they did have the perfect, you right, know what I mean? Exactly. Who knows but if it was me, like that? Yeah. To see it like that, it was like, yeah. oh man, this is like in my face. And it, it wasn't meant to be in my face yeah. because it was such a trigger totally. for me. It was yeah. in my face. And so all of that was just constantly like really messing with me and making me so emotional that I was just like, wow, okay, I can't, I can't deal with this. I got to sign off this space. And, and so then it was did just you like, decide to go seek help after this? Yeah. Well, my husband, Justin kind of really pushed me. He was like, okay, I know you don't want to like really go see a therapist, but like, why don't you go see the postpartum specialist? Cause she worked with my lactation team. Mm-hmm. He was like, why don't you just go talk to her and like go have a day with her and then like see where that goes. Mm-hmm. And of course I fought him. I was like, I don't need to, I'm gonna go get, so I got a massage like the first week. I got my mm-hmm. nails done. I got my lashes done. Like I did everything I could do to like quick fix. Cause yeah. I was like, no, I couldn't be. Da, da, da. And then finally after like, ripping my nails off, ripping out half my lash extensions because I had like my own little panic attack Mm -hmm. and like a meltdown. It was like, okay, mm, might be time to like see what's going on, you know? And then once I sat down with her, she looked at me and we had like a whole four hour conversation to start of like, what was going on? What was I feeling? And she made me write down all these words. And once I did, she was like, okay, I don't want to like freak you out, but like you are in full blown postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. And like now it's time to do the work. Now it's time. And what was the work that she asked you to do? It was a lot of different work. But the first was like all these different exercises of like writing out about like how I felt about myself when I would wake up in the morning versus how I would feel maybe that night. Mm -hmm. Um, The feelings I would feel. Um, The postpartum depression feelings I would feel that would come up like wanting to drive off the 405 and mm-hmm. all these things that I didn't want to admit putting You're very them down brave to admit that this even on a podcast like, I, I feel like really well I feel we're like friends and I yeah. feel comfortable with oh you, yeah totally you know? like we're, we're friends but I also feel like this must be very helpful to like my listeners and people that, I would like, hope so and that's yeah. kind of what's given me like the like now like the empowerment and people keep telling me to share because I feel like it does help someone. I've gotten yeah. so many people that messaged me and said I, I felt that way too and I never knew that's what it was and it's like again nobody tells you like this is what it might feel like and it's also in so many different shapes and forms like so it's like for me I never expected to go through this Mm -hmm. and so it's like okay how do I now help myself but also help others and so she had me you know write all these different things down and then she had me start drawing and like I don't really drive and draw since I started like designing years ago and so it was like you know draw these stupid pictures but just things that come to your mind whether they're good or bad and then you know start to do affirmations and you know small little meditations and all these things and of course therapy classes and it was just a mix of different stuff and then that's when I really fell in love with meditation it was mm-hmm. like I was kind of done with the drawings and done with the activities and I was like okay I get it but like I'm kind of over it and it was like okay now you're gonna start like really meditating and now mm-hmm. you're gonna start like really trying to like do the work and I think I realized also besides my own trauma of my birth like maybe part of my postpartum depression was also the fact that I never dealt with my grandma's death yeah you know like my grandmother, like I said, was, you know, who Amelia was named after. And even though I, I knew she was gone and I knew I was naming her after that. It was her namesake. And like, I was going to carry her on spiritually and all these things. Even my husband said to me, he's like, you know, yeah, you went through like a really depressive state the year after she passed, after we got married. And like, it was dark, but then you kind of just like whirled into work and you became a celebrity stylist and you just kind of put everything else in life aside Mm -hmm. and just focused on work. Totally. Which we do a lot. Yeah. And again, didn't hit pause. And I think that for me, my C-section, the universe was like, hey, this is your big pause. Like, yeah. you're, you're going to be Sometimes forced. Sometimes the universe will force you to yeah, do it. They yeah, they do. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. And it was like, I feel like for me, 
as much as I feel like postpartum was so freaking hard to go through and I would never wish it on anyone. Mm -hmm. For me personally, I kind of feel like I had to go through that hell because I feel like I became so much stronger from it. And I like look at myself now and I go, wow, I don't even recognize that person. Yeah. And you're probably going to be able to handle the next one that I'm barely allowed to announce. (laughs) But whatever, we're casually announcing. announcing. Yeah. But like, it's true. And I thank you for that. And I hope so. And I'm not going to lie. I do have a real fear and anxiety of like, what if it happens again? Mm -hmm. But I pray that from my own tools and everything that I've done in my own life and shared and the work I've done on myself will help me. It's the best you can do. Right. I mean, it, it, you're doing everything you can, right. you know? And right. I think that, I think that's interesting. You say too, that like it, it could possibly have been compounded on like you didn't deal with your grandma. Like most people don't deal with their childhood right. trauma or, or even their, their adult trauma or, their, or their, yeah. whatever. And they bury it. They bury it. They, you do. I mean, you bury that's it. half the reason why like people like have addiction problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a gene to that, but it is also like, right. Burying, burying different certain things. things. Yeah. And, yeah. And I, you know, not letting it come to light, you know? And then it was like, for me, I hit the darkness and it was like, how the hell am I going to get back to the light? You know, yeah. like I had no choice. Like you said, the but universe to hunker down and do the work. Me and do the work. It was yeah. like either that or, or die basically like yeah. mentally and everything because totally. there was no way I was going to get back to, you know, and it was just like, and that's when I realized like, wow, I maybe didn't deal with my grandmother's death the full way that I should have because I was pretty much Xanaxed out the first year that she passed and mm-hmm. like didn't handle anything and shut down my marriage, you know, and like I buried myself in work and it's like, oh wow, well now that I'm being forced to pause, mm-hmm. now I have to think about all this shit. Now I have to also think about my birth and think about all these things and it's like when you compile all that, it's like nobody wants to sit with that anxiety. Nobody wants to sit with those feelings. But it's like a really good, I mean, at least what I learned, you know, where I went, yeah. I'll, I'll dress it on the podcast soon, guys. Yes. Allie and encouraged me to maybe do it I might even do it this week we'll see but like what I learned you know where I went was like radical acceptance can be one of the greatest things that ever happens to you which is like that's beautiful this is what happened this is what I'm dealing with let's not bury it okay so then where do we go from here Mm -hmm. and it's like gives you so much more strength to be like and perspective to change the conversation and to be like okay and and also you give someone else like the like the empowerment to be like oh, I can share this too. Mm -hmm. And like you give them permission to feel like it's not, like it's not totally, it's normal. Like it's not not normal. Like don't let someone else tell you that it's not normal. Yes, I know a lot of people like to bury things under the rug and yeah it's not the 60s anymore though like it's not where it's like you people just pretend to like make a pretty picture yeah no it's like even like my own mom like I love her to death but like she has a very hard time with me sharing on my story she has a very hard time with me being so real and raw like there mm -hmm. are sometimes where I post photos on Instagram and she's like oh my god did you really just post that and I'm like it's not for you like I love you and if you don't like it you can truly unfollow me but like Mm-hmm. That is for me and my audience and what I share and my totally. heart and you know what I mean. So I I, I had struggled with that with my family in the past and now we've worked on mm-hmm. it and it's it's yeah it's, we're still it's working fine. progress on my end. Well, I mean, <laughs> I can go somewhere. They have it forced, but uh, no, but it, but it is like, but you have to understand, like, like we have to be as sympathetic with our parents though as like they maybe are with us as kids maybe not sympathetic but like they're from a different generation yes they are and they were totally different conversation they were raised by like my grandparents were my my grandma grew up in italy in world war ii like where it's like things are so your your heightened sense of like everything so much scarier is like oh and life is so different and problems are different yeah yeah, and society doesn't share the way it does now oh yeah yeah, no completely different so they just don't understand no they don't and they don't know how to like handle it so therefore it's like the control because all of us no matter who you are like you like to control because that's how you feel 
better and how you feel in control. And Absolutely. I think that's why also my postpartum depression, it was like, I wasn't in control with my birth. So it was like, I can't control this. And then that poured into like, I now can't control how I feel about yeah. this, you know, and it's and a very a scary feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's a spiral. Yeah. But I mean, you are doing incredible now. Like Thank now you. I understand, like I, so I never knew the full story. Like sure. I knew a little bit from the podcast, but, uh, the one I did of yours, yeah. but, um, but it makes sense now when Chris says like you, you, d- it does seem like you've done a ton of work on yourself. Like, and, and it's not, it doesn't seem like it's just, and there's nothing wrong with medication that can right. be some of the greatest things totally, for people. Absolutely. But it doesn't just seem like medicated or anything. It's like you did, and that wasn't you did my the route. Work. You know yeah, what I mean? Like for work. me, I, I, I think for me, if I had done medication, it would have been a quick fix, which is like typical alley. And I think that for me, like you said, the universe and however else it was going to play out for me, it was like, no, you're like, really going to do the freaking work like yeah. you're going to feel it you're going to you know it's going to move you it's going to shake you mm-hmm. like it's going to break you and yeah. it's either going to break you and like you said and you're going to survive and you know propel which like even in your when you share your own story like same feeling that we shared together but mm-hmm. it's like sometimes that's so freaking scary yeah to be that but vulnerable. also really powerful too. oh it is yes yeah. that's how i feel now and I now feel you like, have oh the my tools God. too yes i have the tools and i feel like when i spiral out of control i can like figure it out and I can go to my mm-hmm. tools and I don't have to feel like oh my god now this is like happening like what do I do it's like no just check in here mm-hmm. we go this is what we can do now yep. you know and I have my resources and I have my team still that you know is still supportive of me and it's like and it's just like I just feel honestly I feel truly grateful as dark as that time was that it led me to where I am now and I, I actually look at the person I am now and I go wow like you you did grow and like you learned a mm-hmm. lot and like now you're you're taking that with you and like hopefully you even share that, you know, down the road with your own, you know, children to be like, help yeah. them, you know? Yeah, I hope that you do. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing this. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I that was, this was a great episode. I feel like I, I know, was like, we like talked about some other things offline. You were like, we're talking yeah. about this, this, and it was just like, nope, this nope, works. That's what I want to hear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, no, but great. you also inspired me to like talk about real stories more. You Good, know? I'm glad. I just yeah. think I told you like social media and I think again, mommy space has really done this to me, but it's like, we need more real, raw transparency. Mm-hmm. We all get, you know, perfect. We all get perfection from things on social or, you know, reality TV. And like, that's great. It's entertaining. It's toxic, yeah. whatever. But then the day in our own lives, like yeah. we really need to feel like we have somewhere to like check into. Oh, and we absolutely. have someone we can look at and go, oh, they really inspire me. Oh, that actually makes me feel really good. Yeah. And when you share that real and raw self, totally. people start to check into that. Totally. Well, to everyone, they can find you and your podcast and everything. Oh, yeah. So you can find me. Um, my website is AllieLevine.com, just my name. And then Allie Levine Design is Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, wherever you search my social. Um, and then my podcast is Stripped Down. It's S-T-R-I-P-T-D, Stripped Down um, with Allie Levine. And it is all real raw motherhood journey, but also just real raw stories. Rachel was on there as well. It was such a good it episode. Fun. It was Thank so you. much fun. Um, everyone loves that episode. <laughs> um, and so basically, anywhere you can find a podcast. I just got our added to iHeartRadio, which I'm Woo, very excited congratulations. about. Thank you. Um, like you heard, number two may be coming. <laughs> um, and uh, I'll let her casual. announce it herself. We're just going to keep weaving it in. <laughs> and um, there may be a line uh, coming out in 2020, but I can't say much yet. Oh, shit. I'm excited about that. Thank you. Congratulations. Well, I love you. Thank you for I doing this. I love you. Thank you for having me. Bye.